You are listening to the Actor Aesthetic Podcast, episode 30, Five Mistakes Actors Make When Choosing an Audition Song. Let's get started. What's up, my people? This is Maggie Barra here. Welcome to the Actor Aesthetic Podcast. If this is your first time listening, then thank you for joining us. The Actor Aesthetic Podcast is produced every Monday for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at actoraesthetic.com slash podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at actoraesthetic, and join our Facebook group, the Actor Aesthetic Tribe. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get on to the show. Picking a song for a vocal audition can be harder than the actual audition itself. I know the feeling. I've been there. And after all, auditions only last like, what, five minutes? or maybe even less. And sometimes you get to sing a whole song. Sometimes you are asked to prepare a measly 16-bar cut or a 32-bar cut or an 8-bar cut. So how do we choose a song that will represent us accurately as a performer in just a few short minutes? If you want some tips on how to improve your audition book, check out episode 9 of the Actor Aesthetic Podcast, 10 Simple Ways to Improve Your Audition Book. In that episode, we talk about the most popular composers of each era, how to solidify clear cuts for the pianist, how to make a Spotify playlist to browse original Broadway cast recordings and revivals and covers, and so much more. There are really awesome Easter eggs in that episode. But for the purposes of today's episode, we are going to talk about the five biggest mistakes actors make when choosing and prepping a song for auditions. Number one, the song you've chosen is making your accompanist's job harder. So I like to think of auditions as a duet. It's a duet between you and the person playing the piano. If you've chosen an audition song that has a really, really tricky cut in it, or honestly, an impossible line to play, for example, some of Sondheim's and Jason Robert Brown's music comes to mind when I think of really, really difficult music to play, especially in an audition setting. You are making your accompanist's job so much harder than it actually has to be. Smart actors make their accompanist job easy so that they can play their best for you because guess what? Your audition kind of depends on it. So here's how you as an actor can dodge this very easy mistake. Work with an accompanist before the audition. Bring your music to rehearse with an accompanist so that you can see firsthand any issues a pianist might face when being presented with this music for the first time. Some things to keep in mind when you're prepping your audition material. 
Give your accompanist a clean copy of your music containing only what you want them to play and what you are going to sing. Put it in non-glare sheet protectors in a three-ring binder so there's no weird reflection from rehearsal studio lighting and it won't fall off the piano as they turn pages. And make everything as clear as possible. The name of the song, the composer, and the name of the show, if it's from a show, should be at the top of your music. It's also a good idea to have a brief indication of the style written above the first bar, like, for example, if it's a rock ballad, you could put something at the top to indicate that. But generally, if your accompanist is not familiar with your song, all of this information will help them understand the feel that you want. Tempo or key changes should be clearly marked or highlighted so that they'll see them coming. And you'll want to point them out to your pianist before you sing. Sometimes you won't even think of including this information onto your audition piece until you work with an accompanist who has an eye for this. So when you are prepping your song, ask yourself these questions. Is this song too musically difficult for a pianist who has never seen it before? Are there excessive tempo or meter or key changes? Is the copy I'm using legible? And is the musical information crystal clear on the page? For example, are my cuts marked correctly and clearly? Again, I advise you to run your material with a pianist or maybe a few pianists just to get a vibe of what it might be like walking into an audition room for the first time with this music. Number two on my list is the song you've chosen was made famous by a well-known singer. Okay, I don't believe in straying away from quote-unquote overdone songs because if you do it well and if it showcases you in the best light then go for it but if your audition song was previously made famous by a well-established actor or actress it's time to move on and some of the women that come up off the top of my head include Bernadette Peters, Patti Lapone, anything Sutton Foster has made famous or Kristen Chenoweth or Idina Menzel. For men, I'm thinking something along the lines of Raul Esparza, Harvey Firestein, Norbert Leo Butts, Aaron Tveit, Mandy Patinkin, Nathan Lane, Jeremy Jordan. That was a smorgasbord of names, but you get my idea, yes? Listen, we all know those people who march into auditions with pages of Defying Gravity from Wicked <laughs> flying pun intended, everywhere, while you might think that this piece might have a very impressive demonstration of your skill set, thousands of other performers have already had that thought. And the problem with picking a song like Defying Gravity is that the performance standard is set very high. When you choose an extremely well-known song that has already been done by a magnificent performer, you are creating expectations for yourself that weren't there when you walked into the room. Because continuing to use Defying Gravity as an example, everyone automatically thinks of Idina Menzel. And since there was only one Idina Menzel, 
there's a pretty good chance that you're not going to sound like her. And because of that, there's a pretty good chance that the panel watching your performance is going to be disappointed. Number three, the song you've chosen highlights your weaknesses. This one kills me because your audition song should be well within your vocal range, even on a bad day, to showcase the particular strengths of your voice. If the song is too high or too low for your voice, chances are you will struggle at some points in the audition to nail a note. Yes, we always have room to improve, and we should always be learning and working on new material so we can grow as performers. But that material should be kept in a second book. Don't bring material into the room until you feel absolutely confident you can nail it. And this is something as a coach that I make sure my students follow. If I give my students a new song, I don't expect them to immediately put it into their audition book. What I usually suggest is having another binder where you keep all of your extra songs. Songs you're working on, songs that don't necessarily need to be in your book, but you might take them out when you need them, and songs that you've maybe had for a long time and you don't want to put them in your audition book, but you don't necessarily want to throw them out because you want to save them just in case. There is a time and place for songs to work on and improve on, but auditions are go time. And there is no room in your audition book for songs that you are just working on. The songs in your book should be clean, ready to go, you're comfortable, confident in them, and they are well within your vocal range. Number four. The song you've chosen feels too mature. Personally, I think you will know it in your gut if a song feels too mature for you. As actors, it's important to experience life because the older we get, the wiser we get, and thus, the more experiences we have to draw from to give our best performance. However, if you find yourself singing a song because you like it, but you don't quite understand the message yet, then perhaps you should just look for another song. I mean, there are a million songs out there. Of course, we don't have to experience everything in order to portray a certain character on stage, but if the character in the show is a mother or father and you are only in your teens, you may want to look elsewhere. Number five, the song you've chosen is inappropriate to the style of show you're auditioning for. Your song choice is just as important as the personality and attitude you bring with you into the room. Smart audition songs lend themselves very well with the creative teams behind the table. Now, if you are required to sing something from your book, choose a song that is appropriate to the show and character that you are auditioning for. If you are auditioning for Bright Star, a folk country musical, it would make no sense to bring in a song from Sweeney Todd, even if you sing the crap out of it, right? So here are some prime examples. If you need help, 
take a closer look at the authors of the show. The music and lyrics of Legally Blonde, for example, are written by Lawrence O'Keefe and Nell Benjamin. If you're auditioning for a production of Legally Blonde, consider singing something from Heather's, which is written by the same team. The music and lyrics of Into the Woods are written by Stephen Sondheim. If you are auditioning for Into the Woods, maybe consider singing something from his other shows like A Little Night Music, Merrily We Roll Along, Sunday in the Park with George, etc. The music of Beauty and the Beast is written by Alan Menken. Alan Menken has written a ton of music for Disney shows. So if you're auditioning for a production of Beauty and the Beast, maybe consider singing something from Aladdin, Newsies, Hunchback, Little Mermaid, anything else that he has written that has a Disney vibe to it. Get the picture? I have so many more things to say about this topic, but those are just five very common mistakes that I know actors make when choosing an audition song. If you are at a point where you're feeling like your audition book is stale and you need to improve it pronto for this upcoming audition season or you've just found generally some holes in your audition book that you need to fill. Maybe you need some more contemporary musical theater songs, or some traditional musical theater songs, or even some pop rock material, which is very highly requested now in the audition room. Head on over to actoraesthetic.com slash coaching where you can learn some more information about the coaching that I offer as an audition coach and voice teacher to get you set up, comfortable, confident, and ready to go for your next audition. I think as creative artists, we all deserve the opportunity to invest in our future. And the only way to do so is to put in the work now. So again, head on over to actoraesthetic.com slash coaching where you can find more information on how to take your performance career to the next level. Okay, I'd love to hear your feedback and thoughts on this episode. Please keep sending in any questions you may have as I really want to answer them next time. To leave feedback or a question, head on over to iTunes and leave a question or feedback there as part of a review. You can also leave questions via the Facebook group, Actor Aesthetic Tribe, which you can join and gain access to through the link in the show notes. Or head on over to www.facebook.com groups slash Actor Aesthetic Tribe. But before you go, remember to screenshot this episode and share it with me on Instagram by tagging at Actor Aesthetic. I always love to see who's listening alongside me there. For further inquiries, email me at maggie at actoraesthetic.com or just shoot me a DM at Actor Aesthetic. It takes a village, y'all. I'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.